welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode 118, What's in My Turkey Vest? And I am your host and the guy who today is celebrating the Big Four. Nope, not the Big four O. The Big Four. I passed the Big Four O a long time ago. So today is my anniversary with my lovely bride, and we have been married four years today. So that's exciting news, and tonight I will take her out for a nice sushi dinner, and we'll celebrate four very quick years. The other cool thing about today is that we are 48 days, 9 hours, 8 minutes, and 25 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. Just over a month and a half away. So today I want to read a review very quickly. This review is left on iTunes by W.O.D. Novice. W.O.D. Novice. And he or she says, five stars, Maryland Turkey Novice. Andy, love the podcast. Topics and guests are top notch. Living in Southern Maryland, turkeys have recently started making a big comeback. The tips and tactics that your guests share have helped me improve my success rate and understand and appreciate the sport of turkey hunting more than I ever could have imagined. Keep it coming. Thank you very much, W.O.D. Novice. I greatly appreciate that review that you left for me. And if you guys want to leave a review and you haven't done so, please go on over to iTunes or Stitcher Radio, wherever you happen to listen to the show, and leave a five-star rating and review if you like the show. It's much appreciated, and it helps others when they stumble across the show to decide whether or not they want to listen to an episode. So this week, I'm going to share with you guys a quick list of what I have and keep in my turkey vest. So you know I've been asking you guys for show topic suggestions. And I have gotten some great show topic suggestions, by the way. And Griff Balte, who is a friend of the show, a longtime listener, and I actually met Griff in Louisville at the ATA show last year. So Griff sent in a show topic suggestion for an episode on turkey hunting gear a couple of weeks ago. And I thought, that's a very solid topic suggestion. And really, it's one that we could cover for weeks and weeks and weeks because there's so much turkey hunting gear out there on the market for us to talk about. And some of that gear is awesome. And I'm often just amazed at how incredibly smart and creative 
some people out there in the hunting world are because I attend a couple of three or four hunting exhibits each year and I get to see quite a bit of that creativity and ingenuity firsthand. And I really enjoy bringing you guys those short audio clips that I do while I'm walking around on the exhibit hall floor of those shows from the owners of those companies that bring these new and exciting and cool products to market. Well, since we are a couple of weeks away from the big NWTF sports show and convention, where I hope to rack up a few more of those quick interviews, and since we have quite a large number of listeners to this show who have been turkey hunting for a short period of time, I thought, why not do an episode where I share with you guys what I carry in my turkey vest? That way we can talk a little about gear and the new-ish turkey hunter listeners to this show can possibly learn a little something something as well. So here's the list of what I have in my vest. First, toilet paper. No explanation needed. I start the season with a whole new roll of toilet paper and a waterproof drawstring bag and I don't leave home without it. Number two, slate, pot, and peg call. Now I really like the slate calls because you can get sweet and pure or you can get raspy and dirty on them, depending on where on the slate you play the call. And the calls play very well, loud or soft, but you can get really, really, really soft on them when needed. They make beautiful sounding purrs and clucks. I don't think there's anything out there that makes a more pure sounding purr and cluck of a hen turkey than an actual slate call. Okay, the next thing that I have in my vest, pot calls. I like to rotate one other pot call into my arsenal along with the slate that I carry at all times. And I like glass and aluminum pot calls the most for that second pot and peg call that I'm carrying. Both the glass and the aluminum pot call will reach out and touch a turkey a long way. And the right ones will play perfectly and effortlessly as well. So that's the two other types of pot calls that I like to carry. And at least one of those types is going in my vest along with my slate. And I I do rotate those out. So during the season, I may have the glass with me one day and I may have the aluminum with me the next. Or I may carry aluminum for two weeks. If it's making turkeys gobble, it's going with me. The next thing that I carry with me in my vest, extra shotgun shells. I always carry extra turkey loads. I always carry number four buck for coyotes or hogs. And I carry a few rounds of birdshot for coons, possums, snakes, and depending on where I'm hunting, mosquitoes. (laughs) So what I recommend for you guys is to check your game laws before you throw those number four buckshot shells in your vest and those birdshot shells in your vest because your state game law may say that for turkey hunting you can only use shells that range in size from a number four to a number seven or eight whatever it happens to be i don't want you getting in trouble for carrying a load of number four buck for coyotes or hogs in your vest because I'm telling you, I carry it. I don't keep that load in my gun. It stays in my vest until I see that coyote or until I see that hog that I want to shoot. Then I pull out my turkey round and I throw a number four buck in there. And yes, I do get that opportunity to change shells in my shotgun, even on coyotes. So 
when you see them coming from 100 yards away, you can change a shell out pretty quickly and pretty quietly and get ready for a shot on one with that heavier load, and that usually will put them down. Okay, the next thing that I have in my vest is a box call, and I actually use an old double-sided call that my dad gave me. It's one he bought probably around 1980 or so. The reason that I like a double-sided box call is because I like to have the opportunity to make a gobbler cluck every once in a blue moon when I'm dealing with that hinned up gobbler to make him think that there's another dude moving into his territory and making moves on his women. I also love to gobble on that double-sided box call as well, which is another great way to break off a hinned up gobbler to get him to come to you. The gobble on that double-sided box call is loud and it sounds good as well. Oh yeah, and I almost forgot about the box call. The box call makes hen sounds that can be heard in the next county. So that's a great tool to have on a windy day. All right, next up, I have call conditioning tools in my vest. I keep sandpaper for my glass calls. I keep a scouring pad for my slate calls. And I keep alcohol wipes for my aluminum calls. I also keep chalk for my box calls as well. And you don't want to use just your ordinary blackboard type of chalk because it has some oil in it. You want to use a chalk that is made specifically for box calls. And you can go online and find that from several different retailers out there. The next thing that I keep is a set of clippers. And I use the ratcheting hand pruners. And I use that to clear out any vines or cut any very small saplings that are where I want to sit down to set up for a hunt. And I will clean those out around me within the perimeter of where my gun barrel will be. That is an invaluable tool that I think every turkey hunter should have in his or her vest. All right, next thing in my vest, and I don't leave home without quite a few of these, strikers for my pot and peg call. I have probably five or six different strikers in my vest at any given time, and I will rotate those out as I'm calling, not to a particular turkey that I'm hunting that I'm calling to, but as I'm out, quote unquote, running and gunning, trying to strike up a gobble. Because you can take a purple heart pine striker and run that on a slate call, and it sounds completely different than a hickory striker running on a slate call. So it sounds like different hens. And I like to use different strikers on different calls at different times to sound like different hens. Next up are my locator calls. I generally use a crow call and, believe it or not, a goose call more often than I use any other locator call. So I have a crow call and a goose call in my vest, but I also keep a hawk call and a coyote howler in my vest as well. Those two calls typically stay in a plastic bag that I keep in the game pouch on my vest because I don't use those two calls very often. In fact, I don't think I've ever made a turkey gobble with the hawk call, but it sounds really cool. So I don't know. It's small. It's light. It's plastic. It stays in my vest. Maybe I ought to take it out and lose a fraction of an ounce, but it's there in case I need it. One of these days, I'm going to make a turkey gobble with it. The next thing that I keep in my vest, I actually just mentioned to you when I was talking about these calls. I keep gallon size zipper bags. 
like your freezer bags or storage bags, I keep a couple of those in my vest and I use those to protect my turkey calls when it rains. So if I'm out hunting and I get caught in a shower, I'll take my wooden calls and my calls that are not waterproof. I will put them in a plastic baggie, zip that thing up, stick it in the game pouch on my vest and march on. So the other reason that I like to carry some plastic baggies with me is that you can use a storage or freezer bag to put your turkey parts in when you don't want to carry a whole turkey four or five miles back to your truck or your camp in the back of your vest. So you can shoot that gobbler, tag him, take pics with him, clean him, put the breast, the legs, the thighs in a storage bag or a freezer bag, put those in the back of your vest, put the legs with the spurs and the beard in a different bag and carry that back to camp. Now, again, only do this if your state game law allows that. Some states you still have to check birds in, I think. I don't know if, if that's been done away with or not. I know in some wildlife management areas, you have to physically take birds back to a check station to check them. So you can't do this. You'll get in a lot of trouble. So be sure you know your game laws before you go and do what I just told you. You can do. All right, next up, rubber bands. They weigh next to nothing. They have a million different uses, including applying the right amount of pressure to my box call lid as I'm using it. And they also help to silence that box call from squawking while I'm walking around in the woods. So why not carry them? I carry a handful of them. Maybe it adds an extra ounce to the weight of my vest. In addition to rubber bands, the other office supply I carry with me is a pen. You have to have something to write with to fill out a turkey tag after you kill your bird, so be prepared to do that. And last but not least, you can find in my vest, probably right now left over from last season, a drink and a snack. When I go out, I'm walking, I'm covering ground, I'm hunting hard, I'm going to get thirsty, I'm going to get hungry, I'm going to satisfy those needs while I'm out there. I used to carry those drink pouches, those fruit juice pouches, like a Capri Sun or something like that. But after talking to my buddy John Vogel last year about getting into shape and staying in shape for turkey season, he recommended that I probably should just take some water instead of one of those juice packs because it's too much sugar. So why not listen to my exercise expert? So bottled water it is for me. So those are the things that you can find in my vest right now. Like I said, those are the things that stay in my vest year-round and season-long. But there are some things that I keep in my vest from time to time throughout a season. One of those is one feeding hen decoy. Because a feeding hen decoy can also be used as a breeding hen decoy. And I just don't use decoys often enough. Even though last year I probably used a decoy more during that season than I have any other year that I've turkey hunted. The other thing you can find in my vest from time to time is a rain suit. I use a lightweight camo dry ducks or frog tog type of suit that folds up easily and is very compact. Fits in the back of my vest in that game pouch and I'll tote that around on those days when we're expecting some scattered showers or storms. A great thing to have. It also works great on those days when it's very windy and not real cold. It's great to use as a windbreaker. Now three things that probably should be in my vest right now and should not come out are 
a lighter or matches for obvious reasons, a small first aid kit, again for obvious reasons, and a pair of extra socks. The extra socks, well, they can be used as socks, but they can also be used to quiet down a box call that's squawking while you're walking through the woods. You can slip your sock over the box call and it works great to quiet that down. There's no reason for me not to have a lighter and a small first aid kit in my vest. And this is probably enough incentive for me to go online and buy one and just have it shipped to the house. There's no easier way to do it than that. Okay, I really try to travel light and to hunt light. I try to be mobile. I try to be very mobile. In fact, I didn't even own a turkey hunting vest for about the first 10 years that I actually turkey hunted for that reason. Vests get heavy. We end up putting a whole lot of stuff in there. A lot of that stuff that we put in we don't need and we don't use. And vests also get very hot, especially here in the south where it gets to be 80 degrees the second weekend of season. And there are days when we're hunting when it's 90 to 92 degrees. It is hot having that extra layer of clothing on you. Back in those early days, if I couldn't carry what I needed in my pants and shirt pockets, I didn't need it. And I changed my philosophy about that leading up to my first out-of-state turkey hunt in Texas. And, well, I've been using a vest ever since. i found that I'm much less likely to lose or misplace things if I'm not taking them out of my pockets and putting them in my pockets two or three times each day. The items in my vest go in my vest and they stay in there until I use them and then they go back in there immediately when I'm done with them. And I just put my loaded vest on and go when I'm ready to go. Now, you may have picked out the fact that I didn't mention anything about diaphragm calls, camouflage gloves, a camouflage headnet, or a knife. So I'm going to talk about those things real quick. I actually have a diaphragm call case that has a string on it that I wear around my neck. It has four pockets for calls and can hold up to two calls per pocket. Now, I usually carry no more than four diaphragm calls with me throughout the season anyway, so it fits my needs perfectly, and it gets a ton of odd looks from strangers when I wear it with or without my camo clothes on during the season. It is the old style, the original style, real tree camo pattern pouch, and it has a brown string that runs through the pouch and goes around your neck, and I wear that around like it's a necklace, even when I'm not hunting. So if I leave the woods and go grab breakfast someplace, that thing's around my neck, even though I may have taken off my camo shirt and have a t-shirt on underneath there. Now my camo gloves and headnet, they go in my pants pockets and they stay there until the season's over, well, except for when I use them, of course. And then they get their annual washing. So you probably don't want to borrow gloves or a headnet from me about midway through season on. <laughs> They can get pretty nasty. My pocket knife is also in my pants pocket where it stays no matter the color or the style pants that I'm wearing or where I go, except, of course, the airport and the courthouse. So that pocket knife goes in my pocket along with my keys every single day of the year. I've always done that ever since the time I was about 10 years old, back in the good old days when you could carry pocket knife into school and not be a criminal right off the bat. And you already know better. If you're still in school, don't do that today. That's not a good idea. Leave your pocket knife at home. Okay, so there's a quick list of the gear that I keep in my turkey vest 
and on my person during season and a couple of items that I should have in my vest today and probably will before season starts. I hope that helps some of you guys out there who are new turkey hunters who are listening to today's show. Now, if you have any questions about anything that I've gone over today, anything that's in my vest, feel free to shoot me an email. Also, I'm going to ask the one favor of you today to be this, that I want to hear from you guys. I want to know the one thing, only one thing now, but the one thing that is in your turkey vest that you would not go into the woods without. Email that to me, andy at iamturkeyhunting.com. I'll read a couple of them on next week's show. Hey, that's all that I've got for you guys this week. We've got a great show coming up next week. Be sure to tune in for that. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.